Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and obviously you're watching a video edition of my Rants and Rays podcast. And I'm excited to be joined by Dave Labuskis, uh, who is the CEO uh, of uh, Avixa. Dave, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Gary. Well, I, you know, I wanted you to be on today because uh, unfortunately, as you, as you know, or, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, if you're my daughter, I had to leave Infocom early because my uh, youngest was graduating from high school the very next day. And uh, so I left Thursday night. I did a red eye. So usually you and I have like a Friday wrap up video talking about the show. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to do it this way. So uh, my first question will be the same as it always is. I'm sure you're happy with the show. I mean, you set a record attendance in Vegas. Uh, the show floor was packed and uh, I, I didn't hear any complaints. Neither did I, uh, which is, uh, you know, amazing. It, it was the first uh, Avixa show in North America, the first Avixa Infocom. Yeah. Um, the every exhibitor I talked to said their booths were absolutely packed. Um, the 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 most unmeasurable part of a show, but the most valuable part of a show, is the buzz around the yeah. hall. And and it was it was through the roof. It was awesome. Yeah, it, you're good point. The buzz was awesome. I think a couple of things. Uh, um, contributed to that. This was the easiest I found it to w get around in Vegas in many, many years. And I don't know if it's because they finally embraced uh, Uber or because the hotels, even even the Westgate has been re renovated and it's nice uh, and it's close. And or, or I don't really know, but I mean, I think that uh, Jason and your team put together an event that just people got really excited about and really, um, really had a lot of fun at. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we certainly can't take credit for uh, Vegas's infrastructure. Um, <laughs> the the um, <clears throat> what we can take credit. I know that we we completely beefed up the bus lines and we expanded the access to registration. There was a lot of explicit focus on the attendee experience. I mean, mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure that this was a show that people looked forward to going to. Uh, not just look forward to exhibiting or felt like they had to go, but we wanted it to be fun, exciting, and easy. So we we spent a lot of time thinking about catering. We spent a lot of time thinking about bus lines. We moved Reg out to the airport as well as in some of the hotels. Yeah, it's a it's a million of these little details that you know Jason and Kurt uh, and the rest of my team have forgotten more than I'll ever know. But they all <laughs> add up to this this kind of a conversation I have with a lot of people, which is, I'm not sure what it was, but it was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, you know, we, it started off with a bang. Uh, and we had a one of our columnists attended the Tide uh, conference, uh, Leonard Suskin, who's also a design engineer in the industry. He was blown away. He said that this is exactly exactly what the industry needs right now, which is to think outside of our little technology box or, or you know our systems that we do and think more about the experience which is what the whole thing surrounding Avixa and the rebranding and the re the re-engineering I guess you'd say even of your organization so that's obviously got to make you feel good that that's and it's only its second year third event has been uh, that impactful on someone inside the industry who's trying to serve customers exactly what you're trying to serve. Yeah, I, I read Leonard's piece, and in fact, I posted it on my LinkedIn page. Um, I, I thought it was awesome and incredibly well-written. That's the third edition of Tide. Uh, it has absolutely gotten better each time. Uh, yeah. It's incredibly relevant content. You know, both Tide and Center Stage are, are two of those aspects of the show that um, I, I 
am most jealous of the rest of you being able to attend. <laughs> um, I can sort of stick my head in. I can do flybys on a couple of the center stage presentations here and there, but I, I just can't take the, the, the full day to go to Tide and, and really wish I could. I was there just for the opening 15, 20 minutes, and, and it was evident that, that we set the stage for real thought-provoking discussions and exploration. And it's been an intention, uh, clearly an obvious intention by Avixa, and maybe some of it's accidental just in the direction the show's gone, because manufacturers have moved from showing products to showing experiences and systems and, and uh, applications. But it's, it seems to have been an intentional effort over the last few years to really attract end users that are spending a lot of money on AV, or people who have the potential of spending a lot of money on AV so they can see what we can do for them. Um, has that panned out from an attendance standpoint at the show as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what the statistics were for this year, but we've certainly been growing that. Uh, our exhibitors want the end users, the, the actual people that write a check at the show. Mm -hmm. um, we need to get better at that. I, I think it's a reflection of the, the channel, and it's a longer conversation, but the channel is shifting and different roles are, um, R-O-L-E-S roles are, yeah. are um, being labeled in different ways. And the, the end buyer is a significant part of the decision process. They, they oftentimes are 70, 80% of the way through their decision before they meet with anybody in our traditional channel. Um, I, I think we want them there. I think it's right. great for all of us. And we want that earlier, right? I mean, we want them to be 10 or 20% through the system design before instead of 80% because then we can have more impact on the kinds of things that, that we can do. Because a lot of times when you're coming at the very end of a project, you're limited in scope and what you can actually accomplish. If you come at the beginning, it's sort of like a, a, a digital canvas just waiting to be painted on. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, I'll tell you, we had uh, one of our speakers at Center Stage and somebody that's worked with us a couple times throughout the year uh, is a senior executive at Marriott uh, and, re and, and responsible for brands, 21 different Marriott brands. And he and one of his associates walked the floor and they were blown away by the options that were available, that they were talking about how they're going to integrate them into the various different brands. And uh, that would never have happened if they hadn't come to Vegas. Yeah. And, and by the way, the center stage basically represents uh, a really cool uh, sort of experience because not only do you do awards there and you do discussion, sort of industry discussion events there, but also some education as well. And it's right there in the middle of the show floor. So I, I think it's a really neat concept. I was there uh, for a few of the different events. Uh, most important to me was the awards ceremony where you gave a bunch of people that were involved with awards and a bunch of awesome people in the industry awards. And one special award to Scott Scher, who uh, both you and I have uh, had the pleasure to get to know over the years. And, uh, and, and I think that, uh, that he was well-deserving of the Fred Dixon Award. But Mike, we see Mike Weems there to receive the uh, Distinguished Achievement Award, uh, the Mackie Barron Award. I mean, it must have made you feel good to be surrounded by all these people that you kind of grew up with in the industry that are getting all these accomplishments at this point in time in their career. Yeah, I was, uh, I was in Scott's class in 2000, um, I think actually at NSCA. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's what m was really special about the awards this year is it was, it was very authentic and the, not only authentic in the people receiving it, but also in the audience. I mean, you could just, mm -hmm. everybody was there, was there to celebrate 
the industry and to celebrate our past and our future, right? I mean, uh, Julian Phillips, our, our, the chairman of our board, made the comment at the beginning of the presentation that these are awards that are both to recognize achievement but also to inspire the future achievers. And, and I, think we, I think we succeeded in that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So um, there, uh, let me, I want to kind of ask you some things that people have asked me and give you a chance to, to, to uh, respond to them because I'm not in a VIX anymore. I've, you know, I've, I did serve on the board and served on a lot of educational committees, but I'm, you know, 10 or 12 years removed from all this. So I have some of the same questions. One of the issues, one of the questions that was wandering around the show floor was this issue of changing between venues of Vegas and Orlando. Um, and, uh, and people are wondering, are we going to go back to Orlando as as good of a fit of Vegas uh, what, what's it, what do you say about that? Yeah, we're going back. I, it, uh, our exhibitors uh, really enjoy the fact that we have um, two different uh, attendee audiences. There's uh, about, I think, 60%, 70% of the people that only go to one show or the other show. Um, and I'm not sure if we stuck in one city, maybe they'd go every year to that show. Um, but um, the, the variation between the two cities, it's, it's not easy for us. Um, mm. it'd probably be easier for us as an association to pick one city and stay there, but, uh, it works and, uh, we're, we're contracted out for the foreseeable future in both cities. We're, we're continuing the rotation. We also did a, a survey of our exhibitors, uh, last year to confirm whether or not it continues to be the right move. And it, it is. Everybody's, everybody's in, in approval of that. That said, uh, I read every comment that every attendee writes um, uh, every year. And it is the question that uh, the attendees are the most consistently split on. And it's about 50-50. Half the people every year say, let's never go back to Vegas. And half the people say, let's never leave Vegas. Yeah. And uh, Vegas, uh, you set a record this year for attendance uh, in Vegas. Uh, Last year, you set an overall Infocom record. I think last year uh, in Orlando, you had a couple of thousand more people than you did in Vegas this year. What do you think, um, this is part of my list of questions, what do you think was the difference there? I have my own, uh, I have my own opinion of it, but I'd love to hear what yours is. You know, we're all guessing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Hamlet and the marketing team will take a look at that, they'll look at the attendees, see who actually attended, take a look at some of our attendee marketing. Um, you know, what I can tell you is that there, you know, one of the things we had was maybe there's less international attendance now and international attended a lot of yeah. Vegas. We had 20% attendance from um, outside of North America. Uh, it was, I think, a record overall for the most international show we've ever had in North America. Um, you know, it might have been school year. Um, you know, a lot of people had graduations and school was still in session. We shifted a little earlier in the year. Uh, yeah. It could be that business is shifting more East Coast than West Coast. And so more people are finding it more convenient to go East. We, we don't know yet. Um, I, I, I think it's a little bit of all of that. Actually, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's a little bit of all of that. And I would focus, uh, people have asked me about it too. Did you think attendance was bad, that it was down? And I was like, it wasn't down. If you look at Vegas, because the rotation, you have to look at it in the in context of the rotation. You know, even if you had the NBA finals in Peoria, Illinois, you're going to have a down number because it's Peoria, Illinois, and it's not, not New York and LA. You, you're going to always have those shifts. 
Um, I do think having it earlier was tough because I can tell you that even from my personal um, impact for the people that I know, a lot of them had graduating kids. I do think that's factor. But I will say one other thing. Unfortunately, a lot of us wait to the last minute to book things. And this was by far the most expensive last minute uh, show that we'd done in a long, long time. Like all of a sudden, it seemed like the prices of tickets to get to Vegas was a lot higher than it had always been. It always been like you'd wait to the last minute and get a $250 round trip ticket. This time you paid $550. And I think those people that wait to the last minute might have said, you know, that's just a little too much. I'll, uh, I'll stay back this one year. So I do think that might've had an impact because it did seem to me more expensive to get to Vegas this year than it had in the last couple of shows. But I'd love to hear those numbers when you do that research. Yeah, we'll take, we, we definitely will examine it. I, I mean, the thing, here's, I, I wish we had set a world record, you know, but <laughs> we didn't. Um, we did, you know, massively improve over the last time we were in Vegas. Education was a record. Tide was a record. Um, exhibit space was a record. Um, the rebooking for 2019 of our exhibitors was a record. And what, what I found, what, why I'm, I'm completely and totally happy with the show is all week I knew we were going to set a Vegas record, but that we probably weren't going to hit the Orlando number. I mean, we're, we're, we're tracking it, you know, online yeah. a minute of the day. And every person I talked to all week was like, this show is amazing. This has yeah. to blow away last year's show. <laughs> um, this has got to be a record. I think you probably said that to me. I mean, I did. I did. I talked to talked about that. And I, uh, I just it didn't. Uh, it didn't seem like traffic was down at all. I mean, there were people everywhere in any of the, you know, any booth that you went to, even in the back of the halls and even back at the, you know, the depths of uh, the park area, everywhere was, was packed. And uh, I, I'm kind of dumbfounded. I, again, I, I go to the, the earlier date, I think is tough because, you, you know, we all have kids and we all, and if it isn't regular graduation, it's, as you know, unfortunately, kindergarten graduation, fifth grade graduation, and eighth grade graduation. So you go through four of these when they're in high school. And thank goodness in college, they graduate in May. But uh, it's, and I, unfortunately, I think that is a factor. Um, yeah. let, me, let me move on to my next question. Because it's, uh, I, the, um, one of the things that I noticed, um, which I thought was really good at this year's event that I had not seen in a long time, and I had not ever seen at Infocom, was how many manufacturers worked together. Like there's always been that element of that at shows like Infocom. But this year, I don't think I went into very many booths, especially the bigger companies where they weren't working collaboratively with other companies that sometimes even in the past, they would look at them as competitors like a Polycom and Logitech and companies like that, that all of a sudden they're working together to show a larger sort of system or environment. I, do you see that as a trend or do you think that's sort of just the way the industry is now because of this collaboration movement? Well, I... I do see it as a trend. I think I think you've got you've got a couple different approaches to added complexity, right? One is the merger and acquisition approach. The other is the uh, coopetition approach. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think you see the manufacturers reflecting in their booths um, a need and desire to differentiate based on outcomes expected from the end user. Um, the integrated experience, the, the overall solution, it's more than components. Um, you know, a lot of uh, product information is available outside of the, the hall in Las Vegas. And mm. so a lot of what is drawing people to a trade show is, of course, to see product, but it's also to see 
application of that product and to see possibility of that product in addition to, of course, um, connecting and meeting and being with people and learning from others' experiences. And I, I see, when I look forward 10 years from now at the show, I, I, could see, I can see a vision for a show where you're literally walking through entire booths where it's a collaboration of multiple manufacturers working together to build very large systems. I think that would be really cool for the, and it would be really good for the customer because the customer, as you know, they make better decisions when they can see the product in context with everything else than when they're just looking at it by itself and they think, this is a great product, but how do I control it? Or how do I connect it to everything else? I hope that is a trend. I hope you're right about that. Um, I have uh, just a couple more quick questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, the, um, um, the, there was a big, 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 big year. This is a big year for AV over IP. It started at ISE, and a lot of products at this year's show were over the network. And over the network has been something to Infocom. I think Infocom was the first place I saw a series of classes of AVIT maybe 12 years ago. It's been a long time coming that this has been but um, we're really, really close to really being sort of part of the IT world. Um, how do you see that in the future of Infocom and the future of Avixa in collaborating with other organizations in the industry that might help outside of our industry that might help our industry? Uh, we, we are all about collaborating with other organizations, right? It's just the same thing we just talked about with manufacturers having multiple mm -hmm. products and showing partnerships in their, their booths. Um, we, we actually just uh, created a position this year called uh, Senior Director of Strategic Alliances. One of the core areas I think we need to develop greater strengths in professionally is the ability to collaborate and work with other associations. It's, it's not easy. What's really easy is to have a conversation and say, yeah, we should definitely work together. Um, where, we, where it breaks down is actually following up and, and creating those cooperations and mutual benefits. Um, I, you know, we've got two goals. One is to be the catalyst for market growth and the other is to be the hub for the AV professional community. Um, as that community uh, expands, as the definition of the marketplace expands, um, it, it demands that we be able to work with collaboratively other organizations. So yeah, yeah. we're definitely moving forward in that. Well, I would encourage you uh, just as a sort of a, I don't want to say where I'm, I'm an outsider because I'm in the industry, but I, I can say that from the standpoint of things I'm hearing in the industry, I think that I, I, I'd love us to continue to maintain the leadership role in helping these sort of drive these decisions rather than being the follower role, like what happened with video conferencing years ago, as you, you could argue, or even IT, you know, network connected control systems years ago. Um, I think we have the chance of really driving a lot of the decisions because our bandwidth is, is in a lot of ways, you could argue more important video. Look, you talk, you look at Cisco and their announcements that they make all the time. They keep talking about how much video is going to go across the network and how that's going to drive the network. Well, guess where that video comes from? It comes from companies in our industry. So I hope that um, I hope there's a great opportunity for us to sort of expand our market. And I think the VIX is the key to that. I, I really believe because you have that ability to sort of bring everybody together. Yeah, it's, that's where we're at. That's the, the whole point of emphasizing the audiovisual and integrated experience association uh, in our name and in every time we have a conversation. Um, it's my fundamental belief that connecting human being to human being uh, is not something that will ever be disrupted by something else. The mechanism for that connection the technology used for that connection, that will change and it'll change 
every six months, every three months, every three days. Um, but the need to create experiences to, to reinforce engagement, uh, to bring human beings together, uh, that, that need, well, I hope it doesn't go away in my lifetime. I think it'd be a very sad place if we decide we don't need to be connected to each other. It, it, it is an interesting potential future world because you look at stuff like VR and AR and it does change your perspective on things because what you and I in our generation, we can see the application for this, but, but not the life of this, right? Whereas our kids can see the life of this, right? Where they, where they can see themselves literally communicating with somebody they've never met completely over VR and AR and being perfectly fine with it. Um, and uh, we just don't see that. We need that human connection. So this is going to be... That's still a human connection. It's, it's just a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. I mean, it's you're right. I you could argue too that even a text is still communi- It's still a human connection. Right. I guess I meant the 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 uh, the uh, dynamic of old people like us and young people like them. <laughs> it becomes like I asked my daughter, "Why didn't you call me back?" She goes, "I did." And then what do you what do you I, what do you mean you didn't call me back? She goes, "I texted you." I said, "That's not the same thing." She goes, "Yes, it is." That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to well, them, it is the same that dynamic very well. <laughs> it's to them, it's the same thing. All right. Well, look, I don't want to take any much any more of your time. We already took more of time than I promised I would take. Uh, so thank you very much. Of course, if, for those of you who want to get involved in the VIXA, go to VIXA, A-V-I-X-A dot O-R-G. There's a lot of educational opportunities. And in fact, if I recall in past years, your call for uh, papers and call for education and speakers at the show next year will come on probably in the less than a month or two. So there's an opportunity by the end of the summer for people to get involved. But even if you can't get involved at the show, there's a lot of opportunity to not only drive some education, but also attend some amazing educational sessions all year long at avixa.org and be part of the, the whole Avixa family, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there is, um, at the core, we are an association. Uh, we have members, we're here to serve the members. Uh, what we do uh, outside of the trade show every day is uh, is is truly impactful uh, to the industry, uh, and it's uh, it's amazing to me to hear the stories from our members. Um, one member talks about the before and after uh, Avixa uh, phases of their business. Uh, I see people around the world that are celebrating receiving their certification. Absolutely help us get better and we'll help you get better. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. Uh, again, avixa.org. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. Congratulations on an amazing show. Please thank your, uh, your team there for setting this up and also congratulate Jason if he's not back from vacation already when he does get back for an amazing, and his team, for an amazing job. But it was so easy to work with you, both as an exhibitor and an attendee. Um, and uh, I'm excited about uh, where the industry is going to go over the next year. Excited about ISE next year. I'm excited about Infocom 2019 in Orlando, Florida next year. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Gary. Right. Always a pleasure. Thank you, and thanks for watching, everyone, and have a great day, great week, and great month.